It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. And we're back to the new show, Green and Growing. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited to have another jam-packed two hours full of information and knowledge for you. And now, I want to introduce you to my next celebrity gardener. I'm here with Channel 2 Action News meteorologist, Katie Walls. Hey, Katie. Hello, hello. The weather tie-in to gardening and being outside I thought was perfectly appropriate for this celebrity gardener segment. Are you ready? I am so ready. What is your favorite thing about being outside with your family? Playing, running around. Anytime you get to have a three-year-old running around frolicking, especially in the warmer temperatures, that's everything. That laugh is everything. Now, before you came to Atlanta a few years ago, what are some of the other cities that you worked in? I worked in Fort Myers. I worked in Southern Illinois in a city called Carbondale. And I'm born and raised in West Virginia, went to boarding school in Washington, D.C., my undergraduates from Florida State and Tallahassee, and then I went up to Penn State for my master's. So I've had so much experience in variety. It's just, it's great, all the different flora that we've seen in in those different parts of the country. So I've been really blessed to see a lot of gorgeous, gorgeous flowers. And whenever you go to different cities for jobs, you know, you're blessed to have that opportunity. Do you make time, you know, at that time you didn't have children, but just you and your husband make time to go see stuff outside? Especially in Florida especially in Florida, Southwest Florida. Oh my gosh, you're living in like a tropical paradise. So just the animals and seeing all the different palm trees, so many varieties of palm tree, Ashley. I never even thought. And there's like two that do well here and that's it. Kind of disappointing. Yeah, comparatively. Yes, absolutely. But you know, obviously the flowers that grow in Southwest Florida, my flowers down there wouldn't survive up here. So totally different ballgame. Would you say you have a green thumb, yes or no? No. What plants have you killed that you're really bummed that you killed? My orchids. That's an easy one to kill. I know, I overwatered. Classic, classic oopsie. But I was so disappointed because I love orchids, but I'm just not very, I, I have a brown thumb, Ashley. What do you think could be one or two things that if you just got a grasp on or wrapped your head around would make you a better gardener? How often to water? What is the appropriate amount to water? Because I'm worried they'll either starve, you know, they'll be too dehydrated, or in the case of my orchids, I overwater them. My bad. So I need to get a grasp on how often to water and then if I need to add any sort of supplements. So I have a magnolia tree in my front yard and she looks a little down. Like I think she needs some vitamins. So I would like to know what kind of vitamins and nutrients to add so that way she can be a little healthier looking. And what would you say is your favorite flower, an orchid or do you have something else? I think orchid's probably my favorite. That's what I had on my wedding cake. That's what I had in my bouquet at my wedding. So I really look fondly upon orchids. Um, as for like this area and extending back to West Virginia, I have to say rhododendron. That was our state flower in West Virginia. So back to my roots, rhododendron. Okay, so if you have room in the yard, I'm going to come over and I'm going to plant a rhododendron for you and we're going to keep it alive. That sounds good. Because I have five and they are really happy. Okay, then. Okay, as long as you come and take care of it, we'll be good. Done deal. (laughs) Thank you, Katie. Thanks, Ashley. And Miss Katie is still at home enjoying maternity leave. Congratulations on the recent birth of her new son, Shade. Hey, see what I did there? Son, Shade. 
Ah, I'm here all morning, folks. Okay, so no more jokes. Now, this is a show idea that I've had rattling around in my head for over a year now. Bad landscapers and bad landscaping practices really bother me. So I am very pleased to welcome Aaron Paulson on the phone with the Environmental Horticulture Department at Gwinnett Technical College. He's the program director there. And Mary Kay Woodworth, executive director of the Urban Ag Council. Good morning, guys. Good morning. So, let's start with you. Gwinnett Technical College, is that right there at 316 near I-85? Yeah, so we're kind of in the wedge be- where 316 and 85 split apart right at Sugarloaf Parkway. And you and I were talking off the air a little bit just before we, we came back on here. It's kind of eerie. You may be one of few people on campus now. What did you return to campus for? Well, so our program is very hands-on and, and it's career-driven and our students are learning to be landscapers, small farmers, uh, greenhouse operators, floral designers. That means I've currently got a greenhouse full of plants and a farm full of vegetables. Wow. And they don't understand the uh, quarantine. The, the plants seem to think we need to still be here and take care of them and keep them from uh, passing away. So we've we've got special permission to be on campus to keep the plants watered and taken care of and protected from from insects. Really glad you're there. And, you know, a shout out to all of the farmers and people in, in agriculture and truck drivers as well that are moving all of these goods and services around for us despite these really difficult times. So that is super important. And Mary Kay Woodworth with the Urban Ag Council, you told me this working from home thing, this isn't new to you. No, I've actually been working from home probably five or six years, and I have an assistant who's been working with me that long from home, and it works out well. The key is being organized. That's great and, advice. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, you, sure, you can do your laundry and you can go grab lunch and things like that, but I make a point every morning of if I'm not out, which I'm not now, of course, but um, I go up to my office, I get dressed, I don't sit around in my pajamas, <laughs> and uh, just as you just are a professional in your home. Yeah, you still have to get dressed for the day and have that mindset that you're moving forward. Yeah. So talk to us for folks who have never heard of the Urban Ag Council. What does your organization do? Okay, well, the the full name is the Georgia Urban Agriculture Council. And we are a professional association for the landscape, horticulture, and turf industries and all the related industries around that. Greenhouses, nurseries, retail garden centers, the, the people who do the lawn maintenance, parks and recreation, everything green. So we call ourselves the Association for Agriculture that is non-traditional, not your row crops and, and things like that. And we advocate, educate, and promote the green industry. So our members are landscape companies. Um, you know, everything I mentioned before, um, we just, we just do everything to help them run their businesses, to be professional, to make sure they're, they're doing best management practices in, in their work when they're out building or maintaining. So a lot of knowledge between the two of you, Aaron Polson and Mary Kay Woodworth. And it's perfect that I was able to get the two of you together for months, even before this show, Green and Growing, began. I knew that consumer protections, when it came to landscaping and landscapers, that was one of the things that I wanted to tackle there's such a growing number of folks who are busy, who don't know how to garden, and they just hire a landscaper, whoever drives by in the truck with the trailer, or whoever the neighbor recommends, they hire them. And, you know, I want folks to be protected and educated when it comes to that. And I sound like Clark Howard, but avoid getting ripped off, you know. That's kind of what we want to help folks with. But also, 
throughout this hour talk to you guys about sustainable landscapes and maybe trends, Aaron and Georgia landscapes that you see, good or bad, things that are overplanted or maybe something we need more of, a beneficial plant, and um, how folks can really get the Georgia Urban Agriculture Council's website to work for them. So let's start off with bad landscapers. Guys, there are a lot of good ones. There are a lot of reputable companies who know what they're doing and who have the customer's best interests at heart. But how do we protect consumers and homeowners against bad landscapers? Let's start with you, Aaron. So one thing I want to point out is that to be a landscaper, there's not necessarily any requirements. Uh, We used to say all you needed was a truck and a mower, uh, (laughs) but I've seen mowers on the the hover-round bumper attachment on the back of a a small sedan, so you don't even necessarily need a truck. And while I think it's great that, uh, you know, and many people use this as high school jobs and as they're in college and learning to be entrepreneurial, uh, I think we have to also recognize that there can be quite a bit of knowledge requirement when maintaining and uh, uh, installing a landscape. Uh, so with that, I, I would say get to know who you, you're hiring. And, and to take a step back, be a little honest with yourself as the homeowner or property manager, what you actually want to accomplish with the landscape. What is your budget? What are you hoping to achieve and being able to communicate that with who you're looking at hiring and doing some shopping around and, and finding out what their experience is. Are they established as a business? You know, those basics of having a business license and, and insurance yes. and workman's comp. You, you know, if they don't have any of that and something happens on your property, you can be liable for what what has happened and you don't have those protections. So those basics of letting anybody do work on your property are a huge necessity. And then when you get into landscaping, what, you know, what experience do they have? Uh, obviously, I'm an educator, so I think education is huge. Do they have a degree? Do their employees have degrees? Do they have any certificates or industry certification? Uh, and actually check their references. It's It's easy to put together a little portfolio of who they've done work for and, and call and or go visit or see what kind of work they've done. And then also be aware of what kind of work that company does. Does the work they do fit the scale and scope of, of your project on your property? Such good advice. And, you know, the folks that you allow inside your home, whether it's heating and air or plumbing or something like that, you have need to have the same mentality for the folks that maintain the outside of your home. Like Aaron, you said, references and just making sure they have the knowledge and do an interview. You know, call up two or three or four, price them, ask them what they're all about. So coming up here in just a minute, Mary Kay, I'm going to be asking you about how to shop around and find a good landscaping crew. So we will be back. We're going to check news, weather and traffic here on 95.5 WS. Self-isolation never sounded so good. Listen to Atlanta's news and talk while you're at home on the WSB radio app or tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB. I'm WSB meteorologist Kirk Mullers with Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast this afternoon. Mostly to partly cloudy, highs 82 to 84, low 66. Tomorrow, a 30% chance of a light shower in the morning, mostly cloudy, high 76. Monday, mostly cloudy, high 71, low 55. 
All right, and we're back with an hour of this show of Green and Growing that I've been really excited about planning for all of you. Mary Kay Woodworth, Executive Director of the Georgia Urban Ag Council, and Aaron Paulson from Gwinnett Technical College of the uh, Environmental Horticulture Department there. So, Mary Kay, I want to start with you right before the break. You know, I mentioned you want to interview people and make sure that they're equipped to do the tasks of inside your house. Landscapers taking care of the outside of their house, but there is a huge difference. Yes. Um, if you hire an electrician or a plumber, obviously they've got to have licenses and uh, continuing ed so that they're doing things safely uh, and professionally in, inside or outside your house. But the landscape industry is very low bar of entry. We don't have any requirements for the, from the state of Georgia to become a lands, uh, landscaper. Now, a landscape architect is a different story. You've got to go to the school, and it, that deals with a whole other aspect of this. So, you know, it, it is very important when you're, when you're going to look for that professional landscaper to make sure you do hire a professional. And being part of the Georgia Urban Ag Council or other um, landscape associations gives you some degree of assurance that this person is credible, um, that they have invested in their own profession and their industry by joining. So we have a website, and it's urbanagcouncil.com. Uh, with information about how to find a professional. Many of the things that Aaron mentioned in the previous segment are, are listed on our website. If you click on find, a, find an industry pro, you'll see hiring tips and planning your project. Um, there's a great brochure that you can download that has all that. It has information about planning a project. So I think that's a great start. We also have a database there of all of our members that you can search for a professional. When someone joins our association, we do have some basic requirements. So we ask them before we approve their membership, do you have a business license? Do you have insurance? Do you have workers' comp? And I think that that weeds out a lot of folks from being able to join because they, they go to the website to apply for membership. They don't have those. They're, you know, they're not going to become members. Well, or by, by, you know, on the flip side, too, this could inspire them or really encourage them if they want to be seen as reputable. I mean, I almost, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mary Kay, I almost would think of y'all as like the Better Business Bureau of Georgia Agriculture because we want your approval. You know, folks don't necessarily have to have it, sure, but just encouraging folks to be a more reputable company by going through the Urban Act Council, right? Yes, that is absolutely correct. We def education. We work very closely with, with Gwinnett Tech, with Aaron's program, and with the other technical colleges in the University of Georgia to promote education. We just had a great event at the end of January. We had about 500 landscapers there taking, you know, five hours of education. Aaron taught a class there. Uh, and, you know, that is something when you're hiring a landscaper, you know, and then we have this on our website. Are you a member of a professional association? What, what, other, what other certifications do you have? Like Aaron was talking about, because there are things, certifications you can get. So putting the but, website to work for you all, the listeners and the homeowners, urbanagcouncil.com, as Mary Kay was just saying, just click find a professional. That'll give you a very good start of how to properly do this. Well, coming up, guys, I certainly want to ask you a little bit more about that and also what recourses homeowners may have if something in their landscape or their yard gets messed up. And also talking about sustainable landscapes and some trends in Georgia yards as well. All of that and more. Stay tuned here to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. It's green and 
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome back to Green and Growing here on 95.5 WSB. I am your host, Ashley Frasca. Happy to be here on this Saturday morning. And we hope you're just hunkered down at home, enjoying the show, drinking the coffee, hanging out with the family. And I have two guests on the line that I have been very excited for weeks to get to talk to about landscaping and protecting you as homeowners, as well as some other fun stuff having to do with plants. But Mary Kay Woodworth and Aaron Polson, what inspired me to do this segment Years ago, I mean, it's really something that I've held on to having an interest in gardening was uh, a neighbor, a friend of my mother's a couple of years ago, beautiful Bermuda lawn. Everything looked great. She spends a lot of time outside and potted plants and all of this kind of thing. And a well-known landscape company had maintained her her landscape for a little bit of time. And I don't know what went wrong. I, I need to talk with her to get further details. But that beautiful green Bermuda lawn, it took no time at all. I mean, it started in dead patches, but then literally just whatever chemical was sprayed over the lawn, it wasn't long before the entire thing was dead. And I just really feel like she was helpless, didn't have a lot of recourse. So I don't want to ask you both from a legal standpoint, but Mary Kay Woodworth, we'll start with you, Executive Director of the Urban Ag Council here in Georgia. Maybe some things that homeowners need to be wary of or need to do up front with a landscape company. A, a reputable company will make that right. And one thing to remember when I mentioned that there were no licensing requirements to, to be a landscape company, if you are spraying chemicals, the Georgia Department of Ag does require you to have a, a Georgia pesticide license. And there's a, a very comprehensive study to this and a test so you, so you know you're, you're using the right chemicals. So definitely ask a landscape maintenance company or a company who's going to be spraying any chemicals on your property if they have a license. That's the very first thing. And if they don't, I wouldn't let them touch your, your lawn or your landscape. Yeah, I don't think it's um, too much to ask to go ahead and just have yeah. that in writing to protect both of you, right? Right. You know, it's not just you mean your lawn may be, be dead, but it's also a very big concern with uh, water safety, you know, with, with the runoff into our, our rivers and streams. So people need to be, know what they're, what they're spraying and doing it correctly. Great point. And Aaron Paulson, you are with the Environmental Horticulture Department there at Gwinnett Tech. I mean, you may be working with the future generation of landscapers and horticulturalists and things like that. So tell me about some of the uh, classes that are offered there at Gwinnett Tech. Our faculty and staff are trying to train these future landscapers to try to avoid those those situations. And there's a lot of plant knowledge that's required. And I like to tell my students that in our classes, they're hands-on. So if they're taking care of the landscape and the landscape management class, they're going to be mixing and spraying those chemicals that can be done safely if you know what you're doing. Uh, In our program, we have four certificates, the landscape design technician, the installation technician, our floral design certificate, and our sustainable urban agriculture technician certificate. Uh, And then for those that want additional training, we, we also have a diploma and a two-year associate's degree. And overall, we have about 30 different classes to prepare someone to be a landscaper. And I think a lot of people don't recognize how many different skills there are. But here at the school, when I say an opportunity to fail safely means (laughs) 
in that learning, they see what works and what doesn't work, and they're not putting their customer or their business at risk. And the idea is we're doing those things hands-on so they can see their failures and learn from them so that when they're out in the industry taking care of people's properties, they have that plant knowledge to to do it correctly, to know, for example, what type of grass does the client have. I hate to say it, but there are landscape companies that don't bother even identifying what type of grass. Isn't that crazy? That seems like thing to do number one. I get those mailers and and, uh, flyers on my mailbox. They talk about all these things they're going to do for my fescue grass in my front yard. And I'm tempted to call them to let them know that, you know, about half of what you suggested would actually kill my centipede grass that I have in my front yard. Have you ever done that? Have you ever called one of these places and just said, hey, can I can I help you guys out just a little bit? Maybe only leave these flyers on the right mailboxes that go to corresponding lawns. Right. Save save your paper. by being able to know what grass type it is. And Ooh. I haven't, I, I'll tell you, it's the longer I do this, the less uh, uh, <laughs> patience I have with that. So I think it, we're getting closer for me to call somebody and just say, hey, just let's try to make it a little more professional than this. Yes. Okay. So Aaron Paulson, some great information there. And you can follow Gwinnett Technical College. Find their website. It's gwinnetttech.edu. And right there is where under programs, all of the things that Aaron just listed in the environmental horticulture department, just Aaron really quickly, and then we'll move on. So what are some other things that you, you know, other ways that you impart knowledge on the students that you have? I mean, they're all ages. Some are college age, some are starting over. Some are probably older or hobbyists. So what are just some of the basic beginning courses? All right. So uh, the very first class is horticulture science. I know horticulture is a big word that a lot of people don't even know what that is exactly. I like to say it's anything related to the plants that are around us. So when you are in your house and you've got house plants, a horticulturist works with those. You step outside and you have your, your landscape or your garden, uh, you go to the park, you have your parks and rec people who are would be horticulturists, to the sports fields, to the trees on the on the side of the road, to the plants in your, your office park and inside the office building. So a horticulturist works with the plants that are around them. And it, it takes a lot of plant knowledge. So some of the approaches to that. First, we we look at the science in the horticulture science class, and then we look at the different tasks that are in the landscape. So we've got a class on landscape design, landscape installation, and then landscape maintenance, and then irrigation and grading and drainage. So our instructors all have experience in the industry. So they're talking about things that have gone well, things that have gone wrong, things that they're seeing currently. Um, you know, for example, we like to joke about crepe myrtle you know, <laughs> with, you know, over pruning uh, of crepe myrtle trees and shrubs. You know, I have to start out with the students and say, first of all, from the plant's perspective, it does not need to be pruned. No. And there are certain reasons for pruning, and we're going to talk about that. But even taking a step back from that is the plant knowledge and is do you have the right plant for that space? Because if you do, the plant's going to perform better and 
then you're gonna it's gonna be more sustainable. Uh, there are crepe myrtles that are two and a half feet tall, and there are crepe myrtles that are thirty feet tall. So I like to use that as an example of how just simply having that plant knowledge, spending time in the class where we're outside pruning, learning, diagnosing, hearing about problems, that plant knowledge is gonna is going to make you much more successful when taking care of your clients. Yes, and just being able to talk to them and answer their questions, you know, basic questions. If they explain to you as a landscaper they want something pruned, you ask, well, may I ask why? You know, are we trying to do, you know, get it to flower? Are we trying to get it to fit better in the space? And then kind of having that back and forth. And Mary Kay Woodworth, also of the Urban Ag Council, earlier in the show, Mary Kay, you, you all advocate, you educate, you promote the well-being of the green industry as a whole and all of the things that Aaron just mentioned with with plant knowledge, you've got a lot as well. And one thing I've been curious to learn a little more about, sustainable landscapes. What can you tell us about that? In our profession, a sustainable landscape is one where you're installing it, you're you're making making a profit on it. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we laugh about that. But um, what, what is most important today and what I think every person out there doing landscaping is they want to make sure they're creating landscapes that require fewer chemicals, fewer water inputs um, that are just going to be desirable to whatever you want. You know, some people want a beautiful backyard with a pool and plants and things like that. Other people want a, a very nice retreat, very green, very lush, very soothing which I think in today's environment with what's going on, that's what, that's what I would think people would be looking for, something calming yeah, you know, to, to just make them feel good and feel safe. And making the space work for you and also just making it efficient, like you said, with water needs and you know sunshine needs, space needs, all of those kinds of things. So what are some of the favorite plants that you have, Mary Kay? Oh, my gosh. I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those plant people. I, I use a combination of natives and and non-natives. Um, I think there's room for, for both in the landscape. Erin, I'm sure you were the same way, that you, you've never met a plant you didn't like, um, and you can never have too many. I'm fortunate that my um, I have a wonderful landscape company who's a member of the Urban Ag Council who understands completely what I want. And I have a, quite a yard full of beautiful specimen plants, plants that um, have four-season appeal, so any time of the year, there's something going on in my garden and they understand I'm not going to prune that because it's supposed to be flowering, you know, in the fall and Mary Kay wouldn't be happy yes. or the homeowner wouldn't be happy if it, if it wasn't performing well. But um, what I was going to also say for, for your listeners who are not sure what they want or they want to see beautiful examples of landscapes, we actually have a whole section of our website called Pro Tips. And we also have award-winning landscape projects that our members have submitted for awards. And we have them going back to 2010, where you can view the photos of these award-winning projects. UrbanAgCouncil.com. And also folks can uh, like the Facebook page as well. Erin, this may be casting a little bit too wide of a net, Erin. But I was going to ask you before we have to go to break here, any trends in Georgia landscapes, be it good or or bad. Maybe let's start with bad things that folks need to stay away from. Either they're overplanted or just more prone to disease. So most of the problems are going to, I see, are more of 
over planting a landscape mm-hmm. uh, with some of the the plants. I don't want to give Leland Cypress a bad name, but uh, they do have some disease issues. But most of those issues is because uh, when being installed, we're not recognizing how big they can actually get. And you see people planting them right next to their front door, and this is a plant that's going to get 20 feet wide and 40 and 60 feet tall and in, in very short time. Oh. It, it's it's very popular as a screening plant, and anybody who wants to screen part of their property has no patience for the plant to grow, and so it's chosen because it grows quickly, just about when you're happy that it's screened and looking full size, that's when the disease issues set in because they're planted too closely. And and having that plant knowledge and knowing the options and knowing what that plant needs can solve a lot of those uh, long-term issues. Perfect. So the label of the plant is a good place to start when you pick that up from your local nursery. It kind of gives you an idea and do a little bit further research if necessary. Well, when we come back, I'm going to ask a favor of the two of you, Mary Kay Woodworth and Aaron Paulson. I do a garden to-do list, just three basic things for folks to get out and do in their landscapes this weekend or this coming week. I'm going to ask for y'all's help on that. So stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WS. You may have to work from home. But who says you can't have your friends over? Listen to Eric Von Hessler, Eric Erickson, and Mark Aram live on your smart speaker. Tell your device, play 95.5 WSB. I'm WSB meteorologist Kirk Mullers with Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast this afternoon. Mostly to partly cloudy, highs 82 to 84, low 66. Tomorrow, a 30% chance of a light shower in the morning, mostly cloudy, high 76. Monday, mostly cloudy, high 71, low 55. All right, that's your weather forecast brought to you by Finley Roofing. And now we're back on Green and Growing. Thank you for tuning in this morning on 95.5 WSB, giving you some pleasant stuff to think about this hour with Mary Kay Woodworth, Executive Director of the Urban Ag Council, and Aaron Paulson. He's the Program Director of the Environmental Horticultural Department at Gwinnett Technical College. So guys, at this point in the show, I try to make gardening less intimidating for listeners. Green, green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. That's so cute. All right, so I'll tell you from my perspective, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, three basic things folks could do. Repot houseplants. If they want to move them outdoors, we do need to wait for the last chance of frost to occur, but moving those to maybe one-inch size larger pot if those need to be repotted. Last chance to prune bush roses. That includes knockouts, maybe down to one-half of their present size, if not a little more. And third, examine the backsides of euonymus and camellia, looking for scale insects. They suck the sap from the stem or the leaf, so that's going to cause problems later on down the road. Mary Kay, I'm going to start with you. What's another thing that someone should do in the landscape this weekend or this upcoming week? They've got the time. I think you should go to your local garden retailer or nursery and, and buy plants. They've got beautiful, beautiful specimens out there. Be careful with annuals, though, because we still need to wait for that last frost. Even though it's warmer, just take a little care before you do plant your annuals or some of your tender vegetables. And Aaron, can you tag team off of that? Yeah, so this time of year, I know we're all excited about the spring blooms. And in the garden center, what sells is what has flowers on it. But don't forget the other trees and shrubs and maybe even perennials that aren't in full bloom right now to where you this is a great time to plant them so that you can enjoy those later in the summer, fall, and even some that will be blooming for you in the winter. 
Great advice. So just because it looks beautiful now, <laughs> we want every every month to have something blooming to keep some interest in the landscape there. Thank you, guys. Well, wrapping up some final thoughts, uh, Mary Kay, I'll start with you. How can folks learn more about some of the things we discussed today? Well, definitely go to our website, urbanagcouncil.com. Uh, there's just a plethora of information, both for the consumer or for the landscape profession that might be interested in becoming part of our association. And you can also reach me there by, um, by email or by phone. I'd love to help and answer any of your questions. And Aaron, what about you? How can folks find you online? If all this talk about landscaping has made you think, I want to be a landscaper too, uh, that's what our program does. So you can find it at gwinnetttech.edu. Two N's in Gwinnett, and when you put tech with it, there's three T's in a row. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> and then once you're there, look for programs of study and you can find me in horticulture. My thanks to both of you. And I'm going to link to both of those things on my Facebook page as well. Green and Growing WSB is my Facebook page. Well, thank you both. Y'all go out and enjoy the spring. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much. And coming up in the next hour on Green and Growing, my friend Joe Burgess from the Georgia Forestry Commission will have a conversation with him and take some of your questions and also a game show style celebrity gardener. That coming up at 830 with Tad and Drex Mornings from right here, B98.5, one of our sister stations in the building. Stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing. This is Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.